With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey Philly, what's up? It's Trish at Radio 104.5. I'm the digital producer here. And back in the 90s, I had a very famous Philly music blog. Some might say it was one of the first music blogs out there. But then my life got really busy. So I pulled the plug and shut the whole thing down. Now I'm back bringing you the Philly Music Podcast. Each episode, I'll be talking with bands, musicians, and other people instrumental in creating the Philly music scene. I'll be heading out to live shows and bringing you on-the-fly show reports and maybe some spot interviews and shout-outs from people in the crowd or the musicians if I can catch them. Plus, each week, I'll be putting together a concert calendar of upcoming shows you should strongly consider attending. Don't forget to hit me up with your latest news, juicy stories, and album release dates. Send me your music, your upcoming shows, and your Google Calendar so we can connect in real life, IRL. Plus, fans, I didn't forget about you. Just because you're not playing in a band right now, or your band broke up, or you haven't even started one yet, doesn't mean you're not important. I want to know what you're listening to, too. Who's your favorite Philly band? What song can you not get out of your head? What are you doing this weekend? What shows are you going to? Tell me why Philly has a great local scene. Maybe it's one of the best local scenes in the USA. Why do you love it here? Why did you move here from somewhere else and stick around? So hit me up at Philly Music Pod on Twitter, at Philly Music Podcast on Instagram, Philly Music Podcast at gmail.com. Drop me a voicemail on the Philly Music Podcast hotline at 484 IC 6949. Or for those of you who don't have T9, 484 429 6949. Leave me a message with some cool news or a favorite Philly music memory. And if it's not obscene and it's interesting to other people, I'll play it on the podcast. I want to hear from you. So let's get on to the interview portion of this episode. Well, it's Neon Vember this month, the month where we celebrate everything neon. Maybe I made that up. Maybe not. This episode of the podcast, I'm talking to Joey Sweeney of JoJo and the Neon Grease. The band is putting out an EP of Christmas music, and they're getting ready to drop a full-length album release in February. We recorded the interview at a coffee house. And since I'm a little new to this whole process, even though it didn't seem that loud, you may notice there are some clinking noises, some people talking in the background. Please bear with me. I hope that you can still enjoy the interview. If you want to tweet me and send me tips on getting beautiful audio in the future. I would love to hear from you. Just don't be too mean. You can listen to the interview now. Such a common cupid. Oh, 
Hey, so I'm hanging out here with an old friend of mine, somebody I haven't seen in a while. The subtitle of this podcast is Why I'm a Bad Friend. <laughs> <laughs> or how I'm a bad friend or something like that. But anyway, I'm sitting here with uh, Joey Sweeney, currently of JoJo and the Neon Grease, but formerly of many, many other bands, including Arctic Splash. That's one of my favorite band names. <laughs> the Trouble with Sweeney, the Barnabies, Joey and the Long Hair Orchestra. Mm-hmm. Any others? That, that, that covers most of it, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um... Hi. Hi. It's, hey. good. it's good to see you. Yeah, it's really good to see you too. Um, You're my virgin podcast official. I've been like putting this together in my brain for a long time. That's great. That's great. <laughs> I'm 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 happy to be a part of it. Um, I've, I've, I've been a I've become a really really big podcast listener in the last couple of years. Um, and you know, there's an art to it. I, I've, I've been noticing. We'll see how this one goes. Cool. <laughs> so, your current band is JoJo and the Neon Grease. I yes. love the name. Thank you. I've heard that you were inspired by Neon and Grease. Yes. Yes, that, that's true. So, um, we have this lineup that's a really, really traditional lineup. Um, so traditional that, in fact, you kind of don't see it anymore. There's only one guitar in the band, uh, drums, bass, keyboards, but also saxophone. And um, that kind of came out of, with the last band that we were doing, um, it was the Long Hair Orchestra, which had like 10 people in it at, at its peak, yeah. including two horns and two strings, and then you know all the rest of the normal stuff. And what we found was that um, there was so many people in the band that just getting practice together was really difficult. Um, and so... It, it was a weird situation because usually, like, when bands kind of get smaller, it's because like there's acrimony or people leave. Whereas we kind of together just made this like super adult decision. Like, if we if we go at the rate we're going now, we're never gonna get anything done. So let's just we'll hundred people in the band. Yeah, like I mean, like so nobody's really kicked out of the band. But the reality is that you know if. If we want to move along, let's let's pare it down a, l- a little bit, you know. And different people have like, different jobs and children and and all that kind of stuff. So um, it sort of made it, you know, kind of easy to figure, like, you know, whose time are we really cutting into, and who's actually got, got time to do this. So when the when the when the dust settled, it was basically the core of the band and our saxophone player Kevin. Um, and with Kevin, you know, I, I, I have played guitar in bands all my life, and I kind of have like a love-hate relationship with guitar. I've never wanted to be like a lead guitar player or anything. I've always kind of used it more as a tool to write songs, you know, and, and I think I, I have become a, a good rhythm guitar player, but it's like not my life. You know, if, if I really had yeah. my druthers and this band had like, you know, like wild budgets to do whatever we wanted, I would abandon the guitar altogether <laughs> and just run around, which is what we did with Arctic Splash. But that was, that band was craziness. <laughs> um, lo- long story short, Kevin became, his saxophone kind of became the lead instrument in the band. Um, yeah, that's like really like old school rock and roll, but right. doesn't sound it. Exactly. So, so we, we kind of we kind of arrived at this place where, 
you know, as we, as we started to work on the album that we just finished that's coming out in, in next year and all that stuff, it was, it was basically like, okay, Kevin, like, your saxophone goes where a lead guitar should normally, would, would normally go, right? Yep. So you're like that lead instrument, and you're kind of like, you know, setting the tone for whatever kind of dramatic thing has to happen in the song during that. Yeah, and it sounds cool. Dur- during that, I love it. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> dur- dur- during that, that solo period, and what we found was like, you know, like it felt really natural after a while, and the more we thought about it, it's like, well, it feels really natural that he is there in that space because this is all the music that we grew up with, because this is what would happen in like a Bruce Springsteen song or a Huey Lewis in the News song. And, and then uh, um, there's actually a really great article on the website, um, the, the Outline. And I think, and, I, and it was a really like well-reported, very good like historical story about what happened to the saxophone. And the saxophone was actually like at the core of all American popular music, kind of from you know from the jazz age up and up through the 1980s. Something happened in the, in the 1980s where the saxophone began 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 to become like a cruel joke, like a, like a weird parody of itself. And Is all it of this, careless whisper? It might have been stuff like that. Um, and so, and so ever since then, there's this, there's been this thing where like the saxophone is not cool, you know? Yeah. Um, and music itself it, it, it has changed a lot, but, um, the, we didn't really realize like when we began to like, you know, arrange the songs and stuff in, in this way that, that that what we were doing was actually this, this like super throwback move and in a way like an almost kind of um heartfelt effort to like restore the saxophone to its place in, in rock and roll that's cool and yeah so that's how we, how we landed there actually the saxophone is getting a lot more attention right now like there's that band uh what was it too many zoos i've not heard They're of really crazy really and then there's a bunch of saxophones in like the west philly orchestra well, yeah, I mean, that's an entirely... Different um, type of music, yeah. Well, they're, like, entirely, like, brass-powered, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. But, uh, you know, like, in terms of, like, it, it, it you know, it seems like there, there was, like, a whole model that, that went away. I know, like, on on um, on the last couple, like, Destroyer albums, uh, that band Destroyer from Canada, they're, you know, he started to use saxophones, too. Like, you, you, you do feel it, like, creeping back a little bit. But there's weird, like you know, <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a repair that, that that needs to happen, I think. Yeah. So let's get back to your music. You okay. just played me a Christmas song. Mm-hmm. Was it? Please don't kill yourself. It's uh, don't kill yourself this Christmas. <laughs> um, Saxophone had a very prominent role in that song. Yes, it does. <laughs> it was almost like a Springsteen song, but your voice is nothing like Bruce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I acknowledge this. It was very full of rich. I really enjoyed it. Thank so, you. Yeah, Thanks. I was looking at your Instagram pictures of all your holiday recording sessions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it looked fun. So, so yeah, um, so we, we knew all the songs that we were uh, going to do. Um, uh, but the reality of like getting it out on time meant that we had to begin recording it at some point in October when the day we went in the studio it was still 80 degrees. <laughs> so that's you know and like you know I mean it was you know like Indian summer Christmas yeah we've had this and, really long summer right so like it felt really weird you know play, playing that stuff so to kind of get everybody um, you know in the right frame of mind or whatever 
before we started tracking that, that first day, I, you know, I brought in Christmas lights and like big light up Snoopy and like all of this stuff and, and, and decorated the, the studio so that, you know, at least it would feel, feel that way. We also turned the air conditioning way up. <laughs> so it would feel cold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's cool. So are you guys going to be playing these songs live? Out? Out? Yeah. Um, yeah, we are going to, uh, we're going to be playing Thanksgiving Eve at the Boot and Saddle. Um, and I think that we've been talking to different friends and stuff, and there may be a last minute, like, Christmas pageant type of show that we that, that, that we put together and kind of trying to put together the pieces of that and what that would look like over the weekend. Cool. That sounds fun. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to uh, some of your other songs that aren't Christmassy. I was listening to Baptized and Vibe a lot. I like that. Metaf- that's a metaphor, right? I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm not great with, you know, similes. <laughs> you should have the word like, but mm-hmm. uh, I don't remember all the English terminology. But yeah, Baptized and Vibe, I was, you know, grew up as a lapsed Catholic in mm-hmm. you know, Maniunk, which had a similar trajectory as Fishtown just like 20 years earlier. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we were, we were similar, you know, growing up in this poor factory town. Yeah. And uh, then all of a sudden now it's like crazy how like the money and the hipsters and the gentrification and... <laughs> right. And, I, and, you know, like um, when I was actively writing Celebrity a lot, that had that trajectory that the city is on has become a big concern of mine, you know, in writing prose. Um, and at some point over the last couple of years, it kind of jumped over to where it's even in songs, even in my songs now. And Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You know, when we finished the, the, the album, we just finished the album last month, and still didn't have a title, and, um, you know, kind of went back and, like, was listening to everything like in the order and stuff and realized that like the city or some notion of about the city appears 
appears at least in in, in half or more of, of, of the tunes to where it's like become this character on on the record, um, and and that was surprising to me because it wasn't like a it wasn't like an overt thing like I'm gonna write all these songs about about the city or whatever. Um, but Baptized by Bible was probably the f one of the first ones I think where where ideas about growing up here and it being this place that either has changed altogether or is constantly changing that sort of you know that ideas about that began to creep into not just that song but especially the, that song and the idea that that you know the city is becoming a soft place. And, I know. I was thinking the same thing when and, I was in a weird way, thinking right? about what to talk to you. Yeah, I was just thinking how uh, what was it? We're you know we spent a lot of time here in like the nineties, eighties, early two thousands. We hung out a lot in the early two thousands. Mm -hmm. We haven't hung out that much lately, but um, you know, just for the listeners who don't know. <laughs> mm -hmm. But yeah, like, and then it was like, oh, I survived Philly in the 90s, but then the people who survived Philly in the 80s get to kick us in the head. But like now there's like beer gardens everywhere. And we wanted a beer garden, we had to sit out on a stoop or actually we didn't need to, we didn't need a beer garden because we could just sit in the park and drink beer and nobody would bother us. <laughs> right. <laughs> Every garden was a beer garden. I also would have killed for a beer garden when I was like 25, right? But also not. I don't know. I I have to I find that that I have to check myself in that like yeah it's a badge that you know that we grew up in the city and in this kind of like rougher and wilder time getting chased by cops but but the, the, where there was also like there was also like a lot of less things to do yeah um, you had to make your own fun right. And 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 that that is you know that's its own badge and I guess that that that's worth something but I don't want to do it at the expense of just like knee jerk you know kind of hating everything that's come but but the but the reality of the situation is that you know the city is changing at a, at a really r r rapid pace and there's a real kind of blitheness about it on on the hands of most people and I feel like you know. Philly's a different kind of city where I think that there's like you know in writing about Philly for, for many many years I, I I often go back to this idea that you know like that Philly actually has like a mass psychology right and, yeah. and, and that psychology is is one that's that that feels very shameful and proud at the same time and you know, I think that for a lot of us, the really quick reinvention of the city is both a way to kind of bury the past, yeah, and while also kind of still claiming some authenticity. And I think we're all doing it 
No, oh, I, yeah. Um, no, I mean, I was just like thinking about you, what you pretty much weren't playing music for like, 10 years. Yeah. About that. And like, I know I went through it. I like shut down my blog. I was like, I went through a bad breakup. I shut down my blog. I stopped hanging out on the scene. I was like going back and all this stuff. And, like, what the hell? I like walked away from a lot of stuff, you know, and just try to start over and look mm-hmm. fresh. And that's what I like about the song. It's like, you know, I feel like I connect with that. A lot of people probably connect with that. But in the city, City was like, oh, a very angry place where people didn't take responsibility for the mistakes they made and they didn't like grow up and like become adults. And at some point, you have to do that. Right. <laughs> or you don't really grow. You're just like putting another coat of paint on like something that's rotting. Right. And it's funny that that thing that you described is so widespread that it even exists like at the governmental level. Yeah. Um, that like the, the, the city government has to like grow up and like, you know, do all this stuff that, that you know, more forward thinking uh, places were, were doing years ago. And, and I think, you know, yeah, I mean, Philly is doing that. So. We're doing a good job of it. But we also, yeah, like, we're also forgetting about all the people who are stuck with us. And, and like, went through the tough times. Now they're getting pushed out. And, I don't know. Those just have to be a part of the conversation. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, but the, 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 the point is, is that, like, you know, that sensibility, that that thing that you know that in Philly, people who live here are living through, through every day. At some point, kind of jumped this fence for me and, and started to go into songs, but in a really personal way. Um, that I that I think, you know, that that I think, you know, when you, when you hear the album, you, you you'll be able to. It, it'll be very clear, like which. Which yeah. songs are, are, are living in that way. Yeah. So um, while I was listening to the song, like probably a million times, because it it's a good song. And Thanks. I wanted to, you know, really understand it before I talked to you about it. But, um, you know, I was like listening to like Amy and Christopher. Like, I want to believe that's like Amy Mann and Christopher Cross, but I don't know. <laughs> it's probably just like people you know. <laughs> um. Are they people? Are they real yes. people? Amy and Christopher, Frankie and Johnny. <laughs> well, Frankie and Johnny are, are like these constructs of, of like the old the old Frankie song. And Fra- Fra- Frankie yeah, and Yeah, I was wondering. That, that's your reference, Frankie and Johnny. <laughs> Amy and Christopher are actually Amy Winehouse and my good friend Christopher Tucker, both of whom passed in the same year. Oh. Um, and both of whom were, you know, pretty wild people. Um, Christopher, at least, was you know a, a pretty like old. He, he grew up in Delaware, but moved here when he was really young. And, and you know, uh, to be honest with you, Christopher's death is one of the things that put me back to music. Um, uh, Christopher was in, a, was in a band called The Situation, which was so named before the Jersey Shore. Um, and uh, he and I were really good friends, and he passed away. And when he did, it was the first time I'd ever lost anybody who was like close to my age. Yeah. It's the first time I'd ever lost a friend like that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, it, it, it had a huge effect on myself and all of my immediate, you know, kind of friend group and everything and kind of pushed me back to music. A, because, you know, it kind of, you know, you know, and anytime you lose somebody, it pushes you to those questions. Like, yeah, you have to, like, like what am I doing? What, what's my know, life all about? Who am I? Yeah, exactly. Um, but also, in a very real way, 
you know, when he passed, Christopher had a band. And I was very close to the bass player. I still am very close to the bass player in his band, Jared Stiles, who was my best friend. Right. Um, and when Christopher passed, uh, Jared and I really pulled, pulled together. Yeah. Um, and then after a while, began began playing music together. Okay. Um, and that and that that was the foundation of both the long hair band and and this band was Jared and I put, putting those bands together and, and and keeping it moving. Jared, you know, sort of, um, you know, doing some musical direction stuff and engineering some stuff here and there, and you know, kind of being one of the, one of the forces behind behind the band of, of keeping everything moving. Um, and that's that's true to this day. Cool. He's my, my buddy. Yeah. I'll see him probably later on today. <laughs> well, that, I mean, it's nice that you were able to have a nice friendship form out of a sad event. Yeah. And, you know, not everybody gets to have a, even just a temporary happy ending out of something like that, you know? So, mm-hmm. so that's nice. Right. Yeah. 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 So in the song, there's like a little nod upwards, you know. Cool. I have more questions for you. Sure. I was listening to all your songs on SoundCloud, and I saw you had that uh, Unfinished Blues for James Comey. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Do you have any more political songs up your sleeve? Yes, I do. Um, And there's another one that I don't know. material right now. Yeah, I don't know if it's on there or not. Um, about this time last year, right after Trump, Trump was elected, um, uh, I got involved a little bit with uh, the Philly chapter of, of Writers Resist, and you know they they've had a lot of really great readings and you know a really cool internet presence where they share you know politically uh, you know charged work that especially feels you know very immediate and very. Um, Right now, even when, you know, at, at one event, people read things that, you know, ran the gamut from being written in the last week to stuff that James Baldwin had written to, you know, like, um, and all of it felt very immediate, even and especially like the James Baldwin stuff. Um, and it also had, had been putting me in mind of protest songs and, and topical songs. Uh, the way I learned how to play guitar was at 15, I found a, a Billy Bragg songbook. And that was how I learned how to play guitar. So that felt really kind of, um, you know, embedded in, in, in my DNA about, about songwriting and the things that, that you could sing about and, and, and write song, songs about. So when all this happened, being very much a friend of mine, I did the song for, for James Comey. Um, and then I have another more light one that I'm, I, I would like the band to record at some, at some point soon um, called uh, This is the Future the Liberals Want. Um, after the meme, but but I thought that you know you you, you could do a lot with, with 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 that idea because you know I I think one of the reasons that if, if you were really if we were really to sit here and parse apart that meme right right and say you know what made you know like what made that meme successful like yeah humor was a big part of it but you know the the funny thing is when you really parse apart like what is when, when you say this is the future that liberals want, seriously, what does it mean? And most of it is really reasonable things that any human would yeah. want, you know? Um, so so the, the song begins, I feel weird, like, not saying it, but just saying it. But 
but but the first verse of the song is a nice breeze, a cool buzz, nobody robbing out the back when you're trying to protect the front. This is the future the liberals want. <laughs> you know, the, the idea being like it was so simple. You know, like it's yeah. it's not it's not crazy stuff. You know. Um, then you have to rhyme everything. With you do, you do, and you do, and and I and I found that that's difficult. But I think, but but I think, but also a protest song has to be sort of like simple enough that people can remember it. Oh yeah, you want and them to sing, sing it. So so yeah, so I think that is going to get recorded at, at, at some point. You know, maybe we'll release it on the anniversary of the inauguration or something. Um, but I feel like we could put up a lineup, like you, like Jim Bosha, <laughs> yeah, and like some other folks around town. Right. Maybe we should just start booking that show right now. Like a little, like a little, we are the world. Um, <laughs> but, but but I, I did get really hooked into like that the idea of like the simplicity behind that that statement, like. You know, the future of the world one is not crazy. And even when you, you know, like, it, it, it makes me crazy when you see on Twitter and social media, like, you know, usually uh, middle-aged or older white people, you know, complaining about, like, social, ju social justice warriors or, um, or, you know, like, language has become too PC and stuff. All of Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch -ch 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 -chumba. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch -ch 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 -chumba. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. That is just a really shitty way of saying, like, I don't relate to kindness being expressed equally to everyone. You know, this whole movement about, you know, what pronouns do we use for trans people? You know, all, all, like, so, so many of, of, of the stuff, like, you know, don't let the police randomly kill black people all, all, all the time. At root, you know, the, 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 the desire that people, you know, that, that, that makes people like us protest that stuff is a desire for just basic kindness, basic human decency, yeah. which to me is not even political at all. That is just right. simple humanity. And I feel like, you know, the DNC, God bless them, they're riddled with problems, but, you know, a big part of the problem has been messaging. 
Who wants to find out? You know, my, my day job is in marketing, and I think about <laughs> messaging now a yeah, lot. You, have to be really you know, like what 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 can you say in in eight words? You know, that 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 lets people t- take some something away. And I feel like you know, the left as a whole, it's big it's big problem has, has been messaging, which is almost a cynical. You know, like that can be taken in, in a cynical way, but. But to me, so much of the stuff that we fight for just boils down to decency and equality. Cool. Very important. Yeah. Sorry to go off on, on No, that's cool. It's important to talk about this stuff. So I was listening to your song. It was just a demo. It ain't important now? Yeah, that, um, that's on the album, too. So that's your song? Yes, that, cool. that, 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 that is a... I really like that one. Thank you. I like the lyrics a lot. Yeah, so I was so you guys have flushed that pool out with the band. Yeah, yeah, and, and it, it came out like really, really rocking on the album. It's a big rock and roll song now. Cool. Um, so when does the album drop? End of February, it looks like. Okay. Yeah. So you're gonna do everything like a nice big party. <clears throat> There's gonna that. yeah, we're we're even gonna go on the road a little bit, yeah, I think, uh, ne- next year. Um is it hard to like go on the road with like work and yes. you got a family and everything? Yes. Um, and so we're going to try it. We're going to do it in a really sensible way. Uh, even even when I was younger, like with Trouble with Sweeney, I think there was one year where we're, like, we were on the road like 165 nights out of the year or something like, like that. Yeah, that's a lot. Even then, I kind of didn't like it and felt like it was kind of dumb. Yeah. Um, and, and also, like, you know, every, every band is its own morale bank, mm-hmm. right? And you have to make sure that, like, good morale is going in all the time because, you know, <laughs> play, playing music can actually, like, steal it away. Oh, really? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you know. I just started learning how to play guitar. So oh, cool. Right now, even though I sound horrible, it still makes me feel good. <laughs> it, 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 it does. It, and, 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 and it always does. I, I, don't, I don't mean to, to diminish that. But, you know, like, when you're in a band, you know, like, there's only so, so much morale that, to, to, to go around and you have to sort of like be really careful about where you spend it and where yeah. most bands spend the most of it is going on tour and playing to nobody yeah you know I've, okay like, yeah. so um that's tough so the so the way that we're trying to do it is is when when we do go out next year it's going to be really focused and it's going to be like basically like three cities at a time then, then we go home and like Detroit Chicago one more we go home um uh we're, we're, we're trying to we're, we're going to do that um, we'll definitely do do New York and some other East Coast stuff, and then also we're looking into doing a run that's like L.A., San Diego, and Tijuana. So, Philly, you've been here all your life. Yep, I've been here for the first time. Yep, on and off. I had a brief, uh, had a brief episode in Providence, Rhode Island. I want to say in like 1995, and I bounced straight right back. <laughs> yeah, I know you were briefly in Ardmore. <laughs> oh yeah, well, I, I still count that. That that's, that's Philly. Yeah, I lived on in Ardmore for like two years, three years maybe. So I, I feel like Philly has always had a really good music scene, but it's not without its problems. You know, mm-hmm. it's not without its clicks. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I mean, what do you love about the Philly music scene? Um. You know, I I grew up uh, during the era where you know indie rock kind of began and ended with the Kyber, and um, it was a very lockdown town, and that there were only you know there were only a handful of venues, and most of them you might not have wanted to play 
to begin with. Uh-huh. And so, you know, like it became really focused on, you know, one or two, the whole scene kind of became really focused but around one or two venues. And the difference now is that, I mean, it, there, there's a really, truly wonderful array of, of venues to choose from. And I think that, um, that, you know, Johnny Brenda's really kind of changed the game for, for small venues. I think a lot, you know, I think, I think a lot of people are in, in agreement about that. And sort of once Johnny Brenda's kind of came along and, you know, committed to, to doing shows at such a level of like quality and sanity. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. Um, yeah. Yeah, and also it's just like, you know, they always make it a good experience for, for the bands. That's important. That sort of made everybody else kind of, kind of have to step up. pull up the rear, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, it's really nice now, and I also think that, you know, the <clears throat> the one thing I, I, I will say that, that you know, a, a big way that it's changed is that there is now so much going on that it's actually kind of hard to get your arms around. Yeah, it's like... You could, you'd be like looking at the calendar and oh I want to go to the show so you get tickets to the show and then you find out somebody else you like is playing that same night somewhere else but unfortunately it's not like right down the street like you know back when it was like the days of the Kyber and Nick's you could just go to both shows now it's like maybe if you're lucky like one's that like you know the Fillmore and the other ones that come from Nick's High or something you yeah. can do that but yeah no it's not usually it's like one's in South Philly and like one's at like somewhere else and you're not gonna make it unless like Uber everywhere or have like a time warp machine or <laughs> I'm thinking more about just in terms of like the array of bands and artists and the types of bands and artists. Like I, I can't really you know, I, I, I try to keep up you know no, pretty well and you know, and I still have this inbox where people are sending things yeah. sending me things constantly and it's it's a lot to keep up with, but I think that's like a great challenge, you know. I think in terms of like the live music market there is like a sort of like saturation you know it's harder to get people's attention but I but you know but I think you know too much music is never you know like a a bad thing yeah I mean there's definitely been times when there was like nothing happening and you know now there's a lot happening and it's like, oh wow, okay. My hard problem is figuring out like which of like five shows I'm gonna go to this weekend. Right. That's a good thing. Yeah. And people are making music and they're getting together and going out to shows and hopefully not staying home alone because you know loneliness kills. <laughs> yeah. So, do you have a uh, besides your own band? Mm-hmm. What other bands that are from Philly are? currently playing in Philly that, you know, you enjoy right now, um, people should know about? Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a really huge fan of Chris Forsyth, who is, like, um, he's, he's an interesting guy. Uh, he, he's basically, like, an avant-garde guitarist who is kind of, like, his style is rooted in a lot of different things, and it runs the gamut from, you know, uh, tele- television and, and Sonic Youth type of style to almost like an American primitive kind of style. Um, and I think that he is just a really amazing and kind of challenging musician who does a lot, a lot of stuff. And he's got a band called the, the Solar uh, uh, the, the Solar Motel Band. Um, uh, I, I, I think 
but he's really fantastic. Um, we played a lot of gigs with a band called Oldermost. Um, that that are really good. Um, you know, kind of like rootsy. Um, you know, kind of classically. Uh, kind of, kind of like a, a, a classically schooled uh, American rock and roll band. You know, um, they, they pull in a lot of a lot of influences, but it, it kind of comes out all on their own. Um, I think Rosalie is great. Uh, you know, uh, the War on Drugs continued to amaze me. Um, I think Joe Cousy is off on his own wild tangent that is really inspiring to take in. There, there, there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, my friend Raj, uh, who's the rapper Lush Life, um, he's, he's always doing amazing stuff. Uh, there, there's a lot going on. It's, it's really hard to, 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 you know, to grab enough pickles out of the barrel. <laughs> um, all right, so is there anything that I did forgot to ask you that you wanted to tell me about? <laughs> <laughs> um, Anything you're excited about? Or... Let's see. I'm excited about living downtown when everyone else has moved to Fishtown or South Philly. Oh, cool. There's a funny thing that's happening in Center City right now where it's like the focus is off. Yeah. You know, like, and, you know, I moved to this neighborhood uh, like three years ago. And I, and I was coming off of living in, like, you know, in order, like, Northern Liberties, Fishtown, South Philly, or, I'm sorry, Northern Liberties, Fishtown, Old City. Even Old City is a little bit more in the center city problem, but, like, when I, when I moved down here to, like, I guess this is, like, Society Hill, Queen Village area, what I realized was that everyone is old, no one is cool. <laughs> and that's great. Because I think that, like, the other neighborhoods are getting, like, so saturated that it's almost, like... Yeah, it's a lot, you know. It's a lot to deal with, and and it also kind of feel, feels samey after a while, frankly. Yeah, and you got to get out of like the scene for a little while, get a new fresh set of eyes. Right, and this is, and this feels like that, and also, I mean, it's it's been really cool having South Street on my regular walk for yeah. the first time since I was, you know, really, really young. Um, and it's funny, you know, I, I think, like, in the way the city has changed in the last few years, South Street has gotten sort of short shrift, right? But the reality of it is that South Street is way more useful and alive than people know. Yeah. There's six bookstores going at any given time. There are actually, you know, really great restaurants who do get press and stuff like that. But also just like on a usefulness level, you know, there's the hardware store that I go to all the time. You know, um, you know, when I run out of sandalwood, I can go get it <laughs> at Garland of Letters. Like it's it's oh, it's I all that place. it's all, like always on my regular like college and like right to early twenties haunts. And you'd be surprised at how much of it is still right there. Yeah, it's right there where you left. Yeah, everything. Uh huh. Magic. So that's really nice. It's that place that's like on, uh, it used to be Lickety Split. It's like a venue now, right? Well, now that's Milk Boy Center City. Yeah. (laughs) You can tell like really old Philly people (laughs) because I can't remember which part is anymore. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, that's the other funny thing about getting older. It's like you, know, you become obsessed with like do, do, the comedian uh, Doogie Horner. Um, he has this whole bit about you know like the older he, he gets when he when people visit him, all he does is walk them around town he and show them where things. <laughs> yeah, he, he used to show them where things used to be, <laughs> and they yeah. might not even be like important things, like like oh yeah, see that restaurant it used to be a toy store. You know? <laughs> yeah, that Urban Outfitters used to be a toy store. <laughs> Before that wasn't Urban Outfitters; it was a different Urban Outfitters. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, cool. So yeah, this has been great chatting with you. Thank you so much. Uh, Thanks for asking. Here's some of your Christmas Johns and your album. What's um, the name of the album? Do you have a name yet? You're not allowed to say. I, I'm not saying yet. Okay, um, that's fair. Because the, it's actually like down to like two or three okay. titles that are still being debated but, but, yeah but we've got to get the artwork out like next week so <laughs> it's it's gonna it's you know one shall prevail oh you know what I just reminded me one more thing I wanted to ask you is that back in the day you know you had that album called Fishtown Case mm-hmm. <laughs> and I made a website right mm-hmm. all about crappy beer and uh, you know we were rating them on there and I was like maybe it's time for me to give you the keys back to that URL if you don't <laughs> want to do anything with it <laughs> no no you, you, you can you keep it on. you can keep it <laughs> um, yeah Maybe I'll start a Joey Sweeney tribute band. <laughs> oh, we'll call ourselves Fish Down Briefcase. And then I'll have another music. <laughs> right, like right, like the Petty Band is called like the Big Jangle or whatever. Yeah, but I don't think my voice is anything like yours. So. <laughs> well that's it then. Alright. Thanks for hanging out. Thank Joey, you. And Oops, it's very from Melbourne, Australia with a memory of a show in 2001 in West Philly. Um, it was at the Philadelphia Radical Surrealist Front House. Um, I believe that was 45th and Locust, maybe 44th and Locust. Um, big, big house. Had crazy parties in the basement. One of many really cool house venues that West Philly had and I hope still has. But uh, it was a Monday night and it was summer 2001, I believe, uh, and it was kind of a weird night for a show, but because there were two touring bands, Tourette Lutrec and Las Juanitas, and they set up a show with the Burning Brides, who are one of Philadelphia's sort of hottest bands at that time, who wanted to do a punk rock show on a Monday. So they got in touch with the Philadelphia Radical Surrealist Front people and uh, made it all happen. Um, so the main thing that was really cool about this show is a bunch of people who lived at that house and hung out at that house uh, got into the theme of the Burning Bride and bought wedding dresses at thrift shops. So there were a bunch of people, not all of them women too, I think there were a couple guys in wedding dresses rocking out in the basement. So yeah, the the other band left the Juanitas, I think they were from Portland and they've got a couple people who are in uh, Red Fang right now, kind of a big stoner rock band. But the drummer did something really funny where he used his elbow to change the pitch on the floor tom during sort of like a drum solo moment, um, kind of unexpected. He like stood up, put his elbow on the drum, and went boom, 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 boom
And I'd never seen anyone do that before. So I think I, I was impressed and I said, well, I've never seen that before. And then later after the show, when I was buying some records from these guys, uh, I said the same thing to the drummer and he's like, yeah, don't make fun of me. He thought I was, <laughs> thought I was doing that like 90s thing where you're like so sarcastic and people don't know if you're being serious. But yeah, that was something I'd never seen before. It's pretty cool. Um, and the Burning Brides totally rocked it. Um, the power went out at the end of the night. Um, not sure if maybe it just got so hot that someone had enough and pulled the plug. But yeah, the, the show ended with the power going out in the basement. Um, it's quite a, quite, a, quite a Monday night in 2001 in West Philly. So thanks for bearing with me while I work out the audio kinks of uh, interviewing people in various settings. I will be learning a lot. I've already learned a lot. <laughs> and I will be applying that knowledge over the next few podcasts. So let's talk about some shows that I've been to in the past few weeks. The other day, I caught the end of Haywood Trout's. I used to know them as Haywood Trout Festival, so it's really weird for me to just know them as Haywood Trout. But Haywood Trout had a record release party at the Grape Room for their new release called Unlocked. And... Uh, it was a mix of all their old stuff that they used to play back in the day and some newer music that they've put together, you know, recently. Uh, it was a pretty cool, fun party. Afterwards, when they got done playing, Cookie Rabinowitz went on with a drummer named Freddie. I was checking out his Instagram, and he wrote that the uh, ladies edited Love Bossa Nova. So I was looking forward to hearing some Bossa Nova, but unfortunately, by the time he went on, it was pretty late, like 1230 or something. And a lot of people were got the drunchies. <laughs> they left a little early. They didn't stick around for the whole show. So unfortunately, you know, he he performed a pretty cool set just for like a handful of people who were barely paying attention. And it was nice to see him play live, since I haven't seen him yet. So I was told by folks at the Dawson that uh, he puts on a good show, so I thought I would check it out, and it was enjoyable. I'm going to try and check out another show with maybe like more people dancing sometime in the future. I also headed over to Kung Fu Necktie last Friday to check out Bardo Pond. I hadn't seen them live since maybe like 2010. So this is a real treat. I really love them. And I don't know if you don't know who they are, but they are a legendary Philly psychedelphia band, probably like the leaders of that movement. So Bardo Pond was amazing. They played two songs, 40 minute long song. And then, unfortunately, you know, I love you, DJ DJ, but it would have been really cool to see them play a few more songs. So they had to uh, shut it all down and, and make room for the DJ. That was Bardo Pond. Very amazing. Good times. Then earlier last week, I stopped by John Faye's penultimate Got Songs project at the Grape Room, and I caught the last few acts. Jacopo uh, of Jacopo and the Late Saints, Joy Ike with her sister Peace Ike on the drums, and Hayden Samick, uh, Dead Fellow. I don't know. I'm sorry if I'm not saying your last name right. 
Hayden. They were all really good. They were all really fun. Got songs. You know, it's too bad there's only one left because it's such a great event where you can hear songwriters do their thing, play like four, five, six songs, and, you know, it's free. So if you're like, oh, I heard about this band, but I don't know if I want to spend like $10 to see them play, well, you can go to... You know, it's it's less risky than an open mic. I know there's some really great open mics out there, but, you know, open mic isn't always... Sometimes it's, it's like going to karaoke, right? Like, some people are really good, and some people aren't that good. So that's why John Fay, you know, he curated this event, and it's really cool. If you have a chance... I believe there's one last Got Songs happening in December. Go check it out. I'm sure he's going to have some amazing people shut down the series with him. The third Thursday of the month. So I think that's December 21st. Keep an eye on the Great Broom calendar and you'll get that date. Now it's time for the concert calendar. Upcoming shows that I think you should attend this in the next couple weeks. We've got Black Friday, November 24th at Johnny Brenda's. Check out Dead Fellow, 16 Jackies in Fake Fight. Circus Survive will be at the Electric Factory. World Town Sound System are bringing their party to the liaison room at the Front Street Cafe. Dead Flowers are going to have a release party at Connie's Rick Rack with Kid Felix and more. And if you're down in Delaware, check out Matt Severe at Mad Max in Newark. Saturday, November 25th. Cliff Hillis is throwing his Friendsgiving at Steel City Coffee House with Corinne Ashley. Brother JT is playing Boot and Saddle with the Successful Failures and Surefire Broadcast. Soraya will be playing Milk Boy Philly with the Cold Roses, Lido and the Shepherds, and the Hess Brothers. Or if you need a little more fuzz on your Saturday night, Mr. Unloved will be playing at Connie's Rick Rack with the Blessed Mothers, Pajama Party Santa, Gibbous Moon, and more. Sunday, November 26, I see a listing for Kirby and the Vibe Tribe with Allie Wadsworth at Or It Leaves. Allie's pretty amazing. You should go see her. Just saying. I think it's a free show. Yo, free show. Sunday night. Before you go back to work on Monday. Then the next week has a whole buttload of fun events, including two nights of 10-year anniversary shows at Johnny Brenda's for Clap Your Hands, Say Yeah, November 30th and December 1st. Every Tuesday is West Philly Orchestra at Frankie Bradley's, so don't forget about that. Dance your butt off to the brass. Friday, December 1st, Andorra is having their album release party with All Right Jr. and Nightlife at Kung Fu Necktie. Juton is playing with Joy Ike at Steel City Coffee House. Then on Sunday, December 3rd, Todd Rundgren's taking over the Keswick. He counts, right? He's a Philly guy. Tuesday, December 5th, Cthulhu Martini is providing the vibes for the talkie show's fifth annual Tiki Moss at Bob and Barbara's. And I don't know, I'm never really sure how to pronounce Cthulhu, Cthulhu. I don't know. Send me your voicemails with your favorite pronunciation of that word. <laughs> Friday, December 8th, we've got Mo Lauda and the Humble at Ortlieb's with Commonwealth Choir and the Not For Longs. Strand of Oaks is rocking a bunch of shows starting that night at the Boot and Saddle with Shannon Moser. Some of them are sold out, so make sure you check out the Boot and Saddle's webpage for the latest 
of which ones you can go to. Civil Youth will be at the Foundry at the Fillmore. And on the Jersey side of things, you can catch the Prop Men with Jack Petrazuli, Jim Boja, and Rich Pagano at the Vault at Victor Records. I got to tell you, the Vault is a really cool venue. It has really good sound, lots of history and memorabilia in there. So definitely check that venue out sometime, even if it's not that show. Saturday, December 9th. Ryan Tennis is having an album release show with Ginger Coyle at Milk Boy Philly. Warehouse on Watts is hosting the Philly Flea Fest, Jams and Johns. Uh, it runs both Saturday and Sunday, December 9th and 10th. So check out Saturday's show is Andrew O'Brien and Montgomery Blues. And Sunday has Joy Ike, Beavers, and Dad Jazz. It's not just a show, it's also a flea market. And tonight, Wednesday, November 22nd, JoJo and the Neon Grease is playing with the Sparklers and Stars Apart at Boot and Saddle. And maybe I will see you at the Gilroy's 20-year reunion show, but it's sold out. So if you don't have a ticket, I probably won't see you there. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to hit me up with uh, all your hot tips, all your show dates. Send me links to listen to your music. Fans, tell me what you love, how to pronounce Cthulhu how to pronounce other words, tips for producing the podcast better. Email me, phillymusicpodcast at gmail.com, Twitter at phillymusicpod. You can call the Philly Music Podcast voicemail 24-7-365 any time a day. It just goes right to voicemail. And leave me a shout-out, a little story, a great memory, your favorite song in the moment, or something funny that you think would be interesting to people, dad jokes, at 484-429-6949. All right, well, I'll catch you next time at the Philly Music Podcast. Peace out. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.